The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, so uh, 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 we want to welcome Jabu and uh, Julie back, right, from... Uh... Yeah, praise the Lord. They were out, uh, for those of you who don't know, we belong to the Ethnos Network, and they were out there representing us. Uh, it's a, a church planting a worldwide network that we, you know, started in 2016, and man, it's been growing and uh, planting a lot of churches all over the world. Let me get Jabu to just come back, come on up and just greet everyone and tell, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about what happened over there in New York and uh, um, uh, Guadalajara. Guadalajara. Good morning, church. They're going to unmute somewhere, somewhere is going to, oh, there you go. Okay. Good morning, church. We had an amazing experience. Uh, we had fun in New York for a couple of days. We walked, we ate. We had such a good time. We walked as much as we ate. So <laughs> um, we were treated so well. Um, we were treated like royalty. And I'm so grateful for Fatal Church because I believe we were treated that way because of our pastors here. And I've learned that really Fatal Church is a global church. The kind of respect that we get as members of Fatal Church in, in, in that world, in Mexico, in the U.S., is just so amazing. So we are so grateful to our pastors for sending us. It was so powerful being with uh, the pastors from all over the world, praying with them, connecting the relationships that we created. We are going to have uh, long-time friends uh, with all these other people. So it was such a great opportunity. Nurses were still there having a time of her life and ministering and sharing her testimony. She's been given platforms to share her testimony. She's working really hard. Uh, we're just so grateful. I don't know what else to say, but it was such an amazing experience, and really there's so much honor for Faith Hill Church. And I also had an opportunity to share the word, and I, I didn't tell Pastor T and Pastor Chipo that, you know, one of the comments that came out from UKEN was that Fatal Church is a word-based church. There's so much a word that is shared in this church, and we are so grateful. We are so privileged and honored to have get, uh, given this opportunity. Amen. The Lord, hallelujah. Yeah, uh, Nosis was sent a message. She was preaching in Manhattan, right, two days ago. And she sent a message to Marshall. She said, man, I didn't know I was a preacher. <laughs> she said, I may be called. <laughs> we didn't want to tell her that. when she, <laughs> the, A prophet, there's no one in his own town, right? <laughs> 
so uh, man, it's exciting what's happening. Uh, and also Josh, some of you may have seen Josh uh, on the piano, Josh Terrades. The parents dumped him with us, <laughs> you know, when they went back. <coughs> they say Josh is going to stick around and stay behind. And so Josh has come for his internship, so he's going to be with us for the next two months, uh, just doing everything that needs to be done. I mean, he was doing videos with Marshall, and then they put him on the piano, and uh, they... they now he's at youth, you know, so they, everything, everything that needs to be done, he's going to be doing. So please, when you see him, give him a fist bump and just say welcome. Uh, amen. Well, we've been talking about a grace and its effect. We're talking about grace, the grace of God and its effect. And we are looking at the book of Romans. Uh, and uh, last week we looked at the book of Romans, chapter number 5 and uh, chapter number 6. And today we're looking at uh, Romans chapter number 7. And we say it building up to today that true Bible grace will always have an effect. Amen. And so, in, in fact, let's read First uh, uh, Corinthians chapter number 15. Uh, verse 10, First Corinthians uh, chapter number 15, uh, verse 10, amen. <clears throat> Look what it says, it says, but by the grace of God, I am uh, what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. And so we see here, the Apostle Paul is saying the grace of God is what made him who he was, uh, but the gra grace of God also equipped and empowered him to be able to do something. So the grace on the Apostle Paul's life had an effect. Amen? It had, it had fruit. It had a, a, a result. If you read the same verse in the NLT, this is what it says. Uh, in the NLT, please, uh, 1 Corinthians 15.10. He says, but whatever I am now, it's all because God poured out his special favor on me. Uh, that phrase, special favor, is, is grace. So God poured out his grace on me and not without results. When grace doesn't have results, it becomes hypocrisy. Can I get an amen? Uh, in fact, when your grace does not have matching results, you have backslidden. You're, you're behind uh, the benchmark that you should be operating. And so grace is not a theology. Uh, grace is, a, is, a, is an empowerment that produces results. Amen? I said amen. And so he says, this grace uh, was not without results, for I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. So grace empowers us to do more. Can I get an amen? And so grace and its effects, that's what we're talking about. Uh, verse 1 of Romans, chapter number 7, back to exhibit A. Uh, the apostle Paul says, I'm reading in the NLT, he says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, you who are familiar with the law, don't you know that the law applies only while a person is living? For example, when a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. And the opposite is true. When a husband marries, the law binds him to his wife as long as she's alive. But if he dies or if she dies, the laws of marriage no longer apply to her or to him. And so he's talking about uh, uh, marriage, but he's using that as an analogy uh, for our relationship with the law, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and the New Covenant where we live now. And so he says this. This is so good. He says in verse 3, So while her husband is alive, she would be committing adultery if she married another man. This is not about, you know, uh, 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 the marriage relationship, but we could learn something from this. He's talking about two different covenants, and he's talking about grace. He says, um, 
so while her husband is alive, uh, she would be committing adultery if she married another man. But if her husband dies, she's free from that law and does not commit adultery when she remarries. So my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. So, you know, just in case you get stuck on the marriage thing, that's not the point. This now is the point. My dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united or married with one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a good uh, a harvest of good deeds for God. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us, and the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest for sinful deeds, resulting in death. But now we have been released from the law, for we died to it and are no longer captive uh, to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living uh, in the spirit. Now, what he's talking about is he's saying, you know, in your uh, previous marriage, you know, uh, all of us were a wife, right? You're a wife, both men and women. You're a wife in this analogy, not in the world out there. Don't try to go out. If you're a man, don't try to go out there. Amen. It's got to be said. Someone that pastor said is, no. So, uh, uh, you know, we are the bride of Christ. That's what he's talking about. Anybody know that? And so he says in the, in the old covenant, as a wife, you were married to the sinful nature. And you couldn't do anything about it. You were married to the sinful nature, and therefore you produced evil deeds. So everything we did, uh, because of the, 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 the marriage relationship, uh, you know, produced evil deeds. And so, uh, uh, you know, in the first service, I said this. I said, uh, this marriage relationship between uh, uh, the wife and the sinful nature, you and the sinful nature, the marriage counselor here was the law. And this is why he says, while you were married to your sinful nature, the law aroused evil deeds. That's what he's talking about. He's saying well, because you were married to your sinful nature, even in your state before you got born again, you were married to your sinful nature. And because of that, you couldn't help it but produce what? Evil deeds. And so he says, but you and I died, right? We died to that. And because we died, the law does not apply now. We don't have to carry on with this husband. He was a stupid husband. And because it died, now we can remarry, right? We were remarried. And who were we remarried to? Christ. You and I are now remarried to Christ. And because of that, as a consequence of this relationship, look at what verse uh, number 6 says. It says, now you and I don't obey. Uh, we, we do not serve God in the old way of obeying the letter of the law. So the marriage counselor has changed. It's no longer trying to obey the letter of the law. But what is it? It is a new way of living in the spirit. So the new marriage counselor is the spirit of God. And it says because of that, you will produce what? Good deeds. Amen. And so there is no grace without the consequence of good deeds. There is no grace without effect. If you truly understand the grace of God is going to produce good deeds. And so this is why the Apostle Paul gets confused with people. 
When they say, shall we sin so that grace may abound? The, 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 the analogy is really this. Before you, got, before you died, you were a pig, married to a pig. And what did you produce? Piglets. Right? You couldn't help it. And now you are born again. You are a lamb. Married to the lamb of God. And what do you produce? Little lambs. You can't help it, but just do good. As a consequence of your new relationship. So, this is fruit. This is fruit time. He wants you to just produce this as fruit. You don't have to... You see, before you, you really understood grace, it was a battle. The Apostle Paul gets confused. He says this. He says, uh, how can you now, who are dead to the law, live any longer producing piglets? That's what he's trying to say. He's saying you're in a new relationship, but your kids don't match. What's up? What's up with that? And you're not trying to get, you know, you're not trying to get a, a human being as a, you know, a, a, a little tomato plant doesn't try hard to force tomatoes out. Tomatis, I'm a tomatis. No, it, it's a consequence of the, who it is. And because you and I are in fellowship with Christ, in a marriage relationship with Christ, we can't help it but just produce good deeds. And so this is why every time the Apostle Paul teaches about grace, he also teaches about the kind of fruit you should be expecting when you really grow in that grace. Can I get an amen? And so let's go to Galatians chapter number 5. Let's go to Galatians chapter number 5. Thank you, Jesus. This is going to bless you. Galatians chapter number 5, uh, in verse 16, the Apostle Paul is talking about grace, the, the, the grace of God that empowers us to live a certain way, the grace of God that has forgiven us of all our sins, and so on and so forth. Uh, from chapter number 1 uh, to chapter number 4, he's establishing our positional truth, and now he starts talking about our experiential truth. And he says in verse 16 of Galatians chapter number 5, uh, 16 in the NLT, he says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. So we said, who's the new marriage counselor? The Holy Spirit. So he's saying, allow the new uh, marriage counselor to guide your lives. Not the old marriage counselor. Man, if your Christianity is based on the old marriage counselor, you're going to be steered towards evil deeds. Can I get an amen? So he says, allow yourself to listen to the new marriage counselor. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. And he says in verse 17, the sinful nature wants to do what? evil which is the opposite of what the spirit wants and the spirit gives us desire that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires these two forces are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions depends on who's your marriage counselor who's talking to you verse 18 but when you are directed by the spirit you are not under obligation to the law when you choose this marriage uh, counselor you're not you know, being directed uh, by this marriage counselor, you're in a good place. Verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Or the fruit. He says when you stay married to your sinful nature, these are the results. This is the fruit. Uh, uh, the results are very clear. Semicolon, he starts to list them out. Notice, it's interesting, you know, everywhere else the Apostle Paul is just saying sinful nature, he's just saying, you know, sinful desires. And at this point he's like, ah, actually, let me spell them out. Because <laughs> someone may leave the service thinking, you know, <laughs> what are those? So he starts listing them out. <laughs> this is not me, this is the Paul. The apostle of grace. This is what he says. He says, number one, sexual immorality. So, is it grace people who are sexually immoral? 
That's not grace. Just one mm. Just one mm. So I'm sure you, you know, Grace Church, you didn't expect to, to hear this one. But this is the Apostle Paul. Is the grace, is the master of grace himself. He's listing them out. Sexual immorality. How many of you know that sex before marriage is immorality? Ah, just one. Just Okay, all right. Anyway, impurity. <laughs> Lustful play. They don't preach that anymore. Amen. They don't preach that anymore. Somebody ought to preach it. <laughs> if, if you really, really like it, put your thing, put your, what is, why don't you put a ring on it? A diamond ring while you're at it, amen? And we can, we can do it. We can do it after service. You don't have to let your, 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 your desires, passionate desires drive you. We can do it after service. Can I get an amen? <laughs> it's a sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery. What's sorcery? Witchcraft, right? <laughs> Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. The apostle boy is listening. He's saying these are the these are the, the, the kids that you produce. When you stay married to your sinful nature, outbursts of anger. What else? What else? Selfish ambition. You're just thinking about yourself and what you can get out of stuff. You don't think about the greater good for the kingdom of God. Selfish ambition. Uh, uh, dissension. Division. Envy. Drunkenness. Wild parties. That's not me. That's, a, that's Paul. That's not Pastor T. That's Pastor Paul. <laughs> not just parties. The wild ones. <laughs> I, I, I think brides are not wild parties. Huh? <laughs> and other scenes like this. He says this. He says, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, he's not talking about going to heaven. Because going to heaven, the only qualifier for going to heaven is to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. But he's talking about experiencing heaven on earth. If you want to inherit the kingdom of God, if you want to inherit the promises of God, it's going to take a sensitive heart. Now, these things make your heart numb. You, it's like putting calluses on your heart. That's what Jesus said. He said in the last days, there will be so much great wickedness and man's hearts will be numb from being sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so living in sin does not change God's attitude towards you, but it, it stops you from uh, being clear and sensitive to his instructions with regards to how he wants you to enjoy this life. Can I get an amen? And so he then goes on to say this. He says uh, in verse... Uh, 22. He says, but the Holy Spirit, the new marriage counselor, right, produces this kind of fruit. It's fruit. It's not works. It's fruit. It's a byproduct of being married to Christ. He says this. He says when you, when you understand that fellowship, he produces this kind of fruit uh, in our lives. Love. Someone say love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Kind. Did you see that? I was a Christian for a long time and I wasn't kind. 
wasn't a kind Christian. I was nasty. I was terrible to be around. Especially when I got a hold of the message of grace. Man, I'd go everywhere just criticizing everybody. I had some negative to say about someone doing something. Go on Facebook. Find them. And start arguing with them. Yeah, you don't know grace. <laughs> I remember one of my friends, Loiso, right? We were having coffee and just hanging out. And I'm at it. I'm going at it, man. I'm typing back and forth. And at this point, I'm manifesting. I'm, that's, <laughs> you don't know grace. And Loiso said this to me. He said, so, at the end of your argument, if you put an altar call, Right below your argument, your back and forth, you put it. Anybody wants to receive Jesus Christ as their person? How many people on Facebook will get born again from your argument? Man, it hit me in the gut. Knocked the air out of my stomach. And that day I realized, you know what? I wasn't manifesting the fruit of the Spirit. Kindness. Did you all see that? It's a byproduct of being married uh, to Jesus the Christ. Watch what else he says. Uh, 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 goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Did y'all see that? Some people were just rough. No, no, no. That's not the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. I said amen. Husband, you're just rough with your wife. That's not, Hunch and said, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. Watch what else he says. Self control. Did y'all see that? Self control. Man, listen, I was saying this in the first service and I'm going to say it again. You can't rub me the wrong way enough for me to get angry at you. You can't do it. I got too much fruit going. You, you just can't. I won't let you. There's just too much fruit going. It won't happen. You can try, but it's just not going to happen. Amen? amen? I said amen. amen. And, and yet, there's some people who are grace people, but they're always on the edge. <laughs> always ready to go at it. Always to get angry. Always to, be, always to give a, a, a mood swing. Mood swings, is that what they call them? Where sometimes you're here and people just never know which tafari they're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> That's not of the spirit. Someone shout amen. amen. Anybody know anybody like that? Yeah. If they're next to you, just, just act like you're a pastor. <laughs> That's it. I don't know anyone like that, pastor. <laughs> They're going to say, who were you talking about? <laughs> amen. Man, I'm telling you, the true grace of God, when you allow him to flow through you, he will have all these things going for you. Amen? And he says, the Apostle Paul is very clear. He says when we start living this way, verse 25 uh, of, um, uh, in fact, verse 6 of uh, chapter number 7, he says when we start doing it this way, man, we'll produce a harvest of good deeds. In fact, in verse 4, he says this. He says when we, uh, uh, you died to the power of the law when you died with Christ, and now you are united with the one who has raised, uh, was raised from the dead, as a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds. 
It's a harvest. It's fruit. I mean, today we are celebrating a Faith and Worship Collective second album. Two second album. Man, that's awesome. And you know what that is? All those songs on that album is just a harvest of who we are married to. You know, when Marshall does the songwriting sessions and he puts us in the room and he, he's coaching us to write songs, he says this. He says, no one can ever write a worship song. You can't write a praise song. He says, but a praise song can be downloaded. It becomes a fruit. And he's talking about this. It becomes a byproduct of our union with Christ. When you, when you have fellowship with Christ positionally and you also have fellowship with him experientially and you begin to experience that fellowship, you can't help it but have good deeds flowing out of you. And you're struggling with generosity. You're probably over here but you're relating too much with this dude. It's the wrong dude. Amen? Because if you are with this dude, man, as a consequence of your marriage with that dude, it will just flow out of you. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? And so let's go to uh, Romans chapter number 8. Let's go to Romans chapter number 8, uh, verse 32. I didn't have that in my notes, but let's just read it. Uh, Tanasha read it, and I thought it was powerful. Romans 8, uh, 14, I think. He read Romans 8, uh, 14 in the uh, New King James, if you will. Uh, uh, 14, 14, Romans 8, 14. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> uh, it says this. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the what? The sons of God. Did y'all see that? And so he's talking about sonship. When we uh, uh, get married to Christ here, we step into what is called sonship. And really, sonship is twofold. There is positional sonship and there is experiential uh, uh, sonship. Uh, positionally, we are all sons. Daughters included. We are all sons in the kingdom of God. Amen? amen. I said amen. <laughs> you know, the reason he calls us sons, both you know, male and female, is because he wants all of us uh, to receive of his inheritance. And so in those days, sons received of the inheritance. And so he calls all of us uh, sons because he wants us to receive of his inheritance, which are his promises. Can I get an amen? amen. And, but, but experientially, right, to be a son... Uh, positionally is one thing, to carry his surname. Uh, you're now a Christian, right? And that's your new name. It's one thing. But to experience it, you have to understand what it means to be a Christian. If I was a Gates and I didn't know it, I'd be in trouble. Amen? You need to know how to use your new name. And this is why he says in Galatians chapter number 4 verse 1. Let's go to Galatians chapter number 4 verse 1. Man, I love Romans 8 so much. I think it's the most important chapter in the Bible, to me at least. It's just so powerful. He talks about so many things there. He says in Galatians chapter number 4 verse 1. Now I say that the heir, which is a son, right? The heir to the uh, throne. As long as he's a child, he's talking experientially now, the heir, as long as he's a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he be master of all. So he's saying, even though you are a son, even though you carry Jesus' surname, if you refuse to grow up in your understanding, you will be no different from a slave. We have two little girls uh, that we love dearly. Munesu is nine. 
Tanaya 6, and now they are starting to get a hold of what it means to be a Butai. They, they're starting to understand, oh, this means everything that mom and dad owns. Uh, uh, I have a right to. They started only now. They start, but many, many years ago, I remember coming back from work, and I saw uh, uh, Munesu rolling on the floor, crying, belly aching, just to get a yogurt from the fridge. No different from a slave. Do y'all see that? She didn't realize that everything in the fridge already belongs to. And so sometimes religious people who don't, we have not grown up in their understanding of grace and sonship. Man, they are doing 2,015 things just to try and get a little uh, uh, bread crumb blessing from the Lord. They're going on a fast. They are belly aching. They are shaking in prayer. 21 day fast and the Lord is saying just open the fridge and grab it but because anybody know anybody like that if they're sitting next to you just act like you don't know them just just act like Ooh, I don't know them. man I've been there I was trying to earn what the Lord did already see because the parents the parent is Jesus. Once Jesus already paid for it with his blood, his death on the cross, and he put it in the freed, no need for you to die too. Amen. Amen. Once I go to work and I, I pay for it and I put it in the fridge, she doesn't have to pay me to grab a hold of it. It's already been paid for. What would you do, some of you parents, if your child came to you with the same amount of money that you used to buy the, the, the groceries to, to pay so she can, or he can uh, have something in the fridge? What would you, hey, no need for that. Hey, I got you. I already paid for this, right? And it's the same thing with God. Now, I'm not saying, you know, prayer and fasting is wrong, but there is a purpose to it. Uh, fasting is not to try and get God to do something. Fasting is to work on us so we can understand some things. Praying, really, for the most part, when I'm praying, I'm not even talking to God because God has already done his part. For the most part, I'm talking to me because I'm the one with the problem. And so he says an heir, as long as he's a child, you'll be belly aching, you'll be rolling on the floor, you, you, you go and get a prayer shower. Can you imagine? They try to get a prayer shower just to get food from the free. You don't need a prayer shower. All you need is faith. Just get up. And faith is a walk, right? Faith is a walk. All you need to do is to get up and go. It's faith. What, what is faith? Faith is doing this, just doing something. Faith is a walk. All you need is to get up from the floor, go and grab that thing and open the door and grab the promises of God. Can I get an amen? amen. Why? Because Jesus has already paid for these things. My time is almost up. Now let's go to Romans chapter number 8. Let's go to 8. Uh, verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ who do not walk according to the flesh. So we don't walk according to the flesh here. We walk according to the Spirit and we'll produce uh, uh, good things. And we are po positionally, we have been uh, sanctified, but positional sanctification always precedes experiential sanctification. 
What I mean by that is uh, the position that is put you in will always produce uh, you experiencing. There's always an outward uh, correlation between what happened on the inside and what you experience on the outside. Can I get an amen? And so he says this, verse 5, as we close. He says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit uh, uh, think about things that please the Spirit. So it seems to me uh, that the problem is our thinking. When you allow your mind to be dominated by, you know, just like when you're your husband, you know, your wife, uh, uh, you know, you think about them all the time, right? Uh, not a, uh, <laughs> Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Let me try that one more time. <laughs> okay, let's try that one more time. <laughs> Just like your husband or your wife in the natural, you think about them all the time, right? <laughs> So the Apostle Paul is saying, <laughs> the Apostle Paul is saying, <laughs> when you think about this husband all the time, it's going to produce evil deeds. But when you think about this husband, uh, uh, inspired by this marriage counselor, it's going to produce good deeds. So it's all, it's all about keeping our mind stayed on the right husband. Amen. Amen. That's what he's saying. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your uh, sinful nature control your mind, if you, if you allow this husband to dominate your mind, right, the sinful nature, it's going to lead to what? Death. Which is a, you know, a word that they use just to talk about a disconnect between uh, the life of God and, and, and you. You know, that's what death is. He's talking about spiritual uh, death. He says, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of, of their sinful nature can never please God. Those who are still, you know, focusing on this husband, man, it's hard for them to produce these children because, you know, your focus is on this husband. So we must shift our focus and start thinking about this husband. Listen, if you're always thinking about food, you're going to eat some. Amen. If you're always thinking about food, you're going to eat some food. And sometimes it can be excessive. And so you have to, you have to work on your mind and, and, and stop your mind from, from, from thinking about anything in excessive. Can I get an amen? The only thing you should be thinking about in, ex in excessive is, is your, in excess is your relationship with Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to uh, dominate our thinking. Can I get an amen? Now let's go quickly as we close to Romans chapter number... Uh, 8 from verse 31. We're going to close with this. And the Apostle Paul makes this conclusion. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him 
also freely. Someone shall freely. He says, how shall he not also with him freely give us how many? All things. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now he's getting practical with this thing. Because he knows in the natural, you know, when you're married to someone in the natural, there's a, they may leave you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They may leave you. I don't care who they are. They may kick you to the curb. But not Jesus. So he's talking about a different kind of love. And he says, who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation? Now what's the answer to that? No. Shall distress? I mean, in the natural, you know, some people get a little pressure. They're ready to walk out on you. Hallelujah. Not Je- Thank God Jesus Christ is sticking with us. Not distress or persecution. No. Or famine. No. Or nakedness. No. Or peril. No. Or sword. No. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day or we face danger all day and we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He's saying there may be pressure. But thank God we are married to one that won't leave us. And because of that, we are more than conquerors. Through Jesus Christ, who's loved us unconditionally. And he has called us according to his purpose. What purpose? To produce good deeds. Man, that's good news. And he says this. He says, for I am persuaded. See, the only thing you, you standing between you uh, and experiencing uh, the grace life is persuasion of your heart, persuasion of your mind. For the Apostle Paul, he said this, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, Jesus is not about to quit on you. And I have to quit because I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for your love, which is everlasting. Your love, which is never ending. We sang about it earlier on. Lord, we just thank you. We bring ourselves uh, before you. We bring our hearts before you this morning. That every seed that has been planted in our hearts of your grace, of your goodness. Lord, I thank you that it will not be stolen. I thank you that it will not die. It will not be choked. But Father, that it will produce to some 30, to some 60, and to most a hundredfold. Lord, I thank you that as we depart, may your grace flow through us. So that it may produce effortlessly good deeds. I thank you, Father, that your grace will empower us. Your grace will strengthen us for us to be able to live our purposes. 
Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone said, Amen. Amen. Now you are here and you may not have received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And you're saying, man, I want to I wanna switch, switch my marriage. I want to die so that I can be married to Christ. Now it's simple. It's not complicated. Uh, the Bible says in Romans chapter number 10 verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Amen. I said amen. It says they that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so if that's you, we want to pray with you before we go. This is how all of us came into the kingdom. So there's no need for you to be uh, ashamed. This is how all of us uh, became children of God. And so if that's you, every eye closed, every head bowed, if that's you, we're going to ask you to lift your hand wherever you are, and we will pray with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Going once going twice and oh there's a hand is there a hand there no no hand okay no hand and gone if there is a hand later on that's fine we'll put the uh, prayer in the broadcast everybody you can pray this prayer and say heavenly father i thank you for this opportunity to become a son of god today i confess with my mouth believing in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. I call on the name of the Lord and therefore I will be saved. So today I receive my salvation. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm born again. Devil, you have no part in my future. Only Jesus who is my Lord. In Jesus name, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.